Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the official podcast of SeaWorld. Go out to your local sea, capture sea life, put it in a tank. SeaWorld, where the fish are prisoners. Today, <laughs> with the fish are prisoners. That's their slogan, I believe. Uh, I think so, too. Today, on this podcast, not at SeaWorld, we are talking about Mr. Perfectly Fine from Fearless Taylor's version. Just a little PSA. We are in no way affiliated with SeaWorld. SeaWorld, please don't come after us. <laughs> Although, SeaWorld, if you want free pro. Well, it wouldn't be free because you'd have to pay us money. You can pay us money and we will sincerely promote your whale jail. The whale jail. Yeah, your animal abuse. Except we won't sincerely promote it. We'll probably bash it. So yeah. if you want to pay us to do that, then go for we it. We will very very cynically and sarcastically promote your whale prison. I will talk about the one time I visited your whale prison. <laughs> there you go. I've never been. Um, I never plan on going back. Anyway. Yes. Mr. Perfectly Fine from Fearless TV is our subject today. But first, we've got some poll results for you. <laughs> Mirrorball got an eight, which is too damn low, and fuck all of you. Long Live also got an eight, which just proves my previous point. Because they're, the, yeah, they're not equal. Size. They should not be the same score. No. So, yeah. But I don't want to go on a rant here. <laughs> so... Any other pod business? We are back on our social medias officially. We got that going mm-hmm. again. The third time. They took down the first two. Yes. And they tried to take the third, but... But then they were like, haha, our mistake. Yep, our bad. So we are in the process of rebuilding our social media followings. Yeah. If you have not subscribed to the new account... Do that. You ought to go do that. Go do that. ASAP. Yes, sir. CBLU underscore podcast on all platforms. Yep. CBLU underscore podcast on X, Instagram, and Threads. I think Threads must have already died, basically. Like, as a platform. Mm, I mean, it's like every trend. It's dipped, but it's still hanging in there. Yeah, I feel like it's like that... I don't remember what it was called. Google tried to make a Facebook mm-hmm. thing, and uh, it died. So I think it's like that. But yeah. we'll see. I got on threads for like two days. That <laughs> was it. I forget it exists a lot of the time. I only know it exists because Madeline had good success with it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we got in right at the right time. Yeah. But other than that, I've been just not engaged. <laughs> yep. And then Zuckerberg dicked us up and down. Yeah, but enough about that. Let's get into some news, shall we? News from around the Taylorverse. There is a job opening for any interested parties. The USA Today currently has a job posting up to try and hire a dedicated Taylor Swift reporter. According to the job ad, 
quote, USA Today and the Tennessean, part of the USA Today network, are seeking an experienced video forward journalist to capture the music and cultural impact of Taylor Swift. Swift's fan base has grown to unprecedented heights, and so has the significance of her music and growing legacy. We are looking for an energetic writer, photographer, and social media pro who can quench an undeniable thirst for all things Taylor Swift with a steady stream of content across multiple platforms. Seeing both the facts and the fury, the Taylor Swift reporter will identify why the pop star's influence only expands, what her fan base stands for in pop culture, and the effect she has across the music and business worlds. The successful candidate is a driven, creative, and energetic journalist able to capture the excitement around Swift's ongoing tour and upcoming album release, while also providing thoughtful analysis of her music and career. We are looking for a journalist with a voice, but not a bias, able to quickly cultivate national audience through smart content designed to meet readers on their terms. This reporter will chronicle the biggest moments on the next portions of Taylor Swift's tour, offering readers of USA Today, The Tennessean, and more than 200 local news sources an inside view. It is a remote work job. Uh, you can do it from home, and it pays up to $50 an hour. But unfortunately, there are a lot of qualifications that they want. So you can't just be like, I want it. Please give it to me. Me, you, and Madeline put our three brain cells together. Do you think we could form one person who would qualify for this job? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> we don't have the the requisite uh, prior experience. Damn. But if you meet those qualifications, you should apply for it. Because you should apply for it, and then you should also contact us and be part of the podcast. <laughs> yes. They're also uh, seeking a Beyonce beat reporter as mm -hmm. well. So, opportunities. Opportunities. Well... If you apply for the Beyonce one and you get it, you know, let us know, but we probably won't have you on the podcast. <laughs> probably not. It wouldn't make much sense. But good for you, though. Speaking of getting awards and good things happening to someone, Taylor had a pretty good night the other night at the Video Music Awards by MTV, which is still inexplicably a thing, despite MTV no longer playing music on it. Taylor was nominated for 11 awards and won nine of them she 9 11 yep she got video of the year for anti-hero artist of the year song of the year for anti-hero best pop song for anti-hero best direction for anti-hero best cinematography for anti-hero best visual effects for anti-hero show of the summer for the eras tour and album of the year for midnights the nine wins in one night fell just one short of Peter Gabriel's record of 10 wins in one night all the way back in 1987 before Taylor or us were alive. Yep. Probably before a majority of our audience was alive. I couldn't even name a Peter Gabriel song. No, me either. I know he... I know the name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know the name. <laughs> I couldn't I even pick him, up, pick him out of the lineup. <laughs> I knew he did music. That's about it. And with the nine wins added to her career total, Taylor is now up to 23 moon men for her career. Too short of Beyonce's record of 25. So When you said moon man, I just started thinking about that TikTok of her running through the crowd going, Ooh, moon man, who wants to judge my moon man? <laughs> 
Yes. The <laughs> the TikTok Swifties have had fun with her VMA's appearance in general. Yes. She it's been quite funny. She appears to have had a great time. Possibly too, was extremely too good of a time. Yeah. <laughs> Homest among us. Homest among us. Took part in those free drinks a little a little too too much, too deep. Yep, I spice couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what to do with that energy. She didn't, but it, they seem like they had fun. I think so. Someone who's not having fun. <laughs> Mr. Joseph Jonas. He is the rumored subject of this week's song, though Taylor has not officially confirmed, as she never does. It's definitely him. We brought up his possible divorce with Sophie Turner last episode before I went on my vacay. And it appears it is indeed going ahead despite Kimberly's previous assertion. Well, I didn't have the information. It was speculation at the time. He is currently engaged in a PR campaign to try and make himself look like a super good dad who had a party girl wife, never did right by him and the kids. Hard to say if that's true, since he's a lying liar who lies, as we will learn when we get into this song. He's never technically been proven a lying liar who lies. <laughs> yep. But he's just been an accused lying liar who Allegedly. lies. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. It's so hard for me because I love the Jonas Brothers and I love Taylor Swift and I was a Joe girl back in the day. <laughs> Still kind of am. So like, it's hard for me when he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I am back in the Queen in the North, in the north always. So. Yeah, I love Sophie too. I, I, uh, it's hard. Riding for Soph. I hope, I hope it was all amicable, <laughs> which I know it wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, he's definitely not trying to tire, to tear her down. And, um, it's all fine if they're friends. <laughs> yep. Hopefully. There was a party at Electric Lady Recording Studio. Yeah. And... Taylor was there, along with a whole bunch of her crew, for what was described as an album release party. Also there with her were Mr. and Mrs. Jack Antonoff, Haley Williams of Paramore, Cara Delavigne, Sabrina Carpenter, Sadie Sink, Gracie Abrams, and Rosé from Blackpink. No one knows what album the party was for that I could find. The big release of the day was Olivia Rodrigo's second album, Guts, parts of which were indeed recorded at Electric Lady. However, Olivia was not seen going or coming to the party, and given her history with Miss Carpenter, it seems unlikely that it was that one. So, who knows? Yeah, I don't think they'd go to a part party, the same party, if not by accident. But, um, Taylor... Sabrina and Olivia were all at the VMAs, and Olivia and Sabrina both performed. So There you go. They have recently been in the same room. I think that the party was probably like an advance party release for 1989. It could well be. Or it could be for Bleachers, because I think or, yeah, they got an album coming out soon. Yeah. Or he does. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Sp- yeah. Speaking of Olivia Rodrigo... Mm-hmm. Mr. Carl Wilson, writer for Slant, did the thing. We had 
a big discussion about an article in one of our very first episodes mm-hmm. about how you don't need to compare women to one another to use them to tear other women down. Mm-hmm. But he did the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote an article this week that was supposedly about Olivia Rodrigo's musical evolution as she is in her second album era. Instead, he spent about half of it bashing Taylor for reasons he declines to go into. But he does call Taylor, quote, petty and avaricious and a notorious control freak. He also says that Olivia Rodrigo has already learned how to separate personas in her songs from the real people who inspire them. Quote, a lesson it took Taylor far longer to apprehend, it must be said, to which I say, must it though? He also claims that Taylor's team sued Rodrigo for plagiarism because, quote, Taylor hadn't had a hit in a while and was afraid she was no longer relevant. If Carl turns up dead, the Swifties did it. He's on some other shit. If you like Olivia Rodrigo and her music, just say that. Don't tear down other women to build her up. Olivia herself, despite ongoing rumors of a riff with Taylor, says, quote, I don't have beef with anyone. I'm very chill. I keep to myself. I have my four friends and my mom. That's really the only people I talk to ever. There's nothing to say. There's so many Twitter conspiracy theories. I only look at alien conspiracy theories. Girls, same. I was going to say, I relate so hard to Olivia Rodrigo. I only have four friends and my mom. (laughs) I have four friends and my mom's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I only look at alien conspiracy theories. Yep. Olivia is doing good. Taylor's doing good. It's fine. Let them both do their thing. Mm -hmm. And you can like both. Or you can like one. Or you can like neither. It's all good. If they're not actively going back and forth, don't stir the pot. That's right. Don't be starting shit. Just because you got a pulpit, you don't got to bully people from it. Carl. Yep. Carl. What kind of name is Carl? (laughs) Indeed. Next up, to sing or not to sing? That is the question. Taylor has encouraged people who go to see her Eras Tour film to treat it like a concert, sing along, yell, stand up, etc. Movie theaters have taken a different approach and are begging people not to do that because it is in fact not a concert or your living room. It is a movie in a theater alongside other theaters full of other movies and people who've come to see them. And yeah, people who go to see the Aristore film are there to see and hear Taylor, not you singing, which was a problem with all the streams of the uh, of the thing. I couldn't watch it. But you had, yeah. You did. Yeah, you did. But I, I got desensitized to it after a while. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I think it is ludicrous to expect people not to sing along. That's going to happen. Yeah. I do think you should be considerate. This is not a concert, and everybody's not going to stand up the whole time. So Not my need, ass. <laughs> yeah, you need to sit down. You need to stay seated. But you can scream and sing and do whatever you want to do. Do all the little yelly bits in between songs and um, cheers and chants and stuff. That's totally fine in my opinion. But like, keep your ass to the seat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about it, actually. I think there is a middle ground there to be found to where you can have a good time but also be respectful of of other people. So yeah, I'm just eager to see what happens at our at our showing. 
what kind of what kind of vibe it's like. So we'll see. Yeah. Travis Kelsey tied in for the Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champs. Tried to meet Taylor during her t- show back in Kansas City, and he has reportedly been quote quietly hanging out with Taylor recently. Although other sources have denied this rumor, so it is hearsay at this point. Who knows? I think everybody's just running off of the the I tried to you know put my phone number on a friendship bracelet and tried to give it to everything. I think they want it to be a thing, but it's not. And if Taylor, uh, Madeline and I had this conversation earlier, and if Taylor was interested in Travis, Travis, no, yes, yes, <laughs> sorry, um, there's two of them. <laughs> if Taylor was interested in Travis Kelsey. Taylor would make it happen. She has her ways. Like, she's almost as... Well, she's more powerful than the president. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah. A song has come out recently by 10-year-old influencer (laughs) Everly LeBryant, famous for her family's social media content. It is called Like Taylor Swift. It is basically a big Taylor shout-out a love letter to Taylor with lots of references to her songs, how she's an inspirational figure to young girls. Some people on the internet have been bashing it and Everly real hard, calling it the Friday of the new generation. Jojo Siwa, famous child, has weighed in. She's probably not a child anymore, but she did weigh in. She's 20. She was a child and was famous. Bullying isn't cool. It's not funny, and it's not trendy, ever, especially when it's directed at a 10-year-old and her first song by people much older than her, some even adults. If you've posted something knocking this, you should be embarrassed. Taylor has not commented on the song thus far that I can find. I, because I am a good podcast host, felt the need to seek it out and listen to it. And at the risk of offending Miss Siwa, I will simply say, is bad. Don't go listen to it. Yeah, a, a 10-year-old read it. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to say. Yep. Um, it's not a personal attack. It's just not a very good song. Whomst Among Us could have written a good song at 10. Not me. Taylor Swift, maybe. Not it's me. still better than Adam Young's response to Enchanted, so. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yep. I think that poor Everly is getting way more press and scrutiny over this song than any other 10 year old who would have put out a song like this because her family has put her in front of a spotlight in front of a camera her almost entire life so it is unfair to her yeah if you have criticism for anyone involved it should be for Mr. and Ms. LeBrandt who are using their 10 year old daughter for clout setting her up for what they know will be an embarrassing failure, but hopefully to them in a way that will get a lot of engagement on social media. Pretty gross. Pretty gross. Yeah. Everly is just being a 10-year-old, so we should all stop roasting her and let her be a 10-year-old. Maybe roast her parents instead. Yep. Let's move on to Chart Watch. Chart Watch! On the Billboard Artist 100, Taylor was number two last week while we were gone to Mr. Zach Bryant, whoever the hell he is. 
He's a country singer. Did he just get arrested? Who's to say? Something about him and the cops. They're not getting along. Yeah. I don't remember. Anyway, he's a white guy. Free Zach. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's got some weird opinions, but okay. Taylor was, Taylor was number two to him last week, but she's back up at number one this week. The Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, Cruel Summer, is up one spot to number four. Antihero is up 12 to number 20. Karma with Ice Spice up one to number 24. And Blank Space and I Can See You are out of the chart. Hey, at least we got all of the old stolen versions out. That's right. And also, Cruel Summer is really just floating in that in that four range. It's hovering. It's been to three. Weird. Three is the peak it's been to. So, I dropped Justin off at the airport, and then on my way back at like four in the morning, I couldn't listen to Spotify, so I had to listen to the radio, and I heard Cruel Summer on the radio for the first time. How about that? Probably the only time. <laughs> on the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart... Midnight's dropped one spot to number five. Lover dropped one spot to number nine. Speak Now TV dropped two spots to number 11. Folklore stayed put at number 12. 1989 rose one spot to number 14. Reputation stayed put at 17. Red TV rose four spots to number 21. Evermore rose one spot to number 31. Fearless Taylor's version dropped three spots to number 50, and Debut has dropped out of the top 200, no longer on the chart. I'm sure it will reappear at some point, as it does. Probably. Well, I guess it's time to return to that magic land that we all know so well, Kimberly's Clown Corner. Kimberly's Clown Corner. This one won't be a long one, so everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. Because they only dated for three months. <laughs> so welcome to a swiftery lesson, a clownery swiftery lesson, on Taylor and Joe Jonas. Heard of them. Their relationship. I want you to close your eyes and remember the year 2008. <laughs> Heard of it. The fashion is wild. Obama got elected for the first time. What was his slogan? Yes, we can? That was one yep. of them. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Joe Jonas wears vests over every shirt he owns and has the shaggiest, longest hair. Uh, but Taylor is into it. Yep. He was an emo boy without the angst. Yep. He just had the hair. In July of 2008, it was obvious they were dating, but man, they did not want to be frank about it. When people started speculating, Taylor told People Magazine, We're all friends. He's an amazing guy, and anybody would be lucky to be dating him. Around the same time, Joe said to Ryan Seacrest, She's a great girl. I think anyone would love to go on a date with her. Real smooth, guys. It totally doesn't sound like you rehearsed what to say together at all. Also, you're secretly gassing yourselves up. Anyone would be lucky to be dating them. Like exactly. I am. <laughs> like me, the luckiest person on earth. Mm. Speculation was basically thrown out the window when they attended the 2008 VMAs together. 
Taylor also performed with the Jonas Brothers during their Burning Up tour. This uh, particular performance was filmed and used for their cinematic masterpiece, Jonas Brothers, The Concert Experience. And yes, I will refer to it that way until the day I die. (laughs) There you go. So, the juicy part, the bulk of the story, because their actual relationship only lasted like three months, so it was not very... Fruitful? Juicy? I don't know what word I want to say. Yeah, you can't get up too much in three months. There's just not enough time. Yep. When they're very busy people. In October of 2008, Joe calls Taylor up on the phone and dumps her in a 27-second long phone call. Damn, Joe. A clue that the song last clip... Last... Last Last clip. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) A clue that the song Last Kiss on Speak Now is about Joe. The intro is exactly 27 seconds long, which I think I've mentioned before, but I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to tell you again when we get to it. (laughs) (laughs) One month after the breakup, Fearless, the stolen version, came out. And within that month, Taylor wrote and recorded Forever and Always to put it on the album. It was not originally intended to be on the album, but once she wrote it, she was like, I gotta get this done and get this on this album. It needs to go out. I need to roast my ex. (laughs) Right. Very on brand. Now that we have Fearless Taylor's version, we also have Mr. Perfectly Fine and You All Over Me uh, as a product of their breakup. So those songs are also about you. Allegedly. They are, I promise you. Taylor also famously went on the Ellen show post-breakup and said, quote, When I find that person that is right for me, he'll be wonderful. And when I look at that person, I'm not even going to be able to remember the boy who broke up with me over the phone in a 27-second call when I was 18. So it was it was a phone call, not a voicemail message. Correct. Okay. I've been dumped over voicemail long, long, long ago. That's a hard one to take. That's and rough. For some reason, in my mind, it was voicemail. It was a twenty-seven second voicemail message of him just monologuing. But it's well, even worse that it that he called her and they talked about it for twenty-seven seconds. I don't know. Is a twenty-seven second phone call? Hey, really? That much different than a twenty-seven second voicemail? You know what I mean? Hey, we're bringing up. Exactly. Like in twenty-seven seconds, how much could she say? You know, in response. <laughs> so it was probably like a voicemail. <laughs> you want mate? So, Taylor threw Joe under the bus for the split. Joe responded to the allegations on MySpace, throwback. Mm, What a time. (laughs) By saying, the longest freaking quote ever. So, bear with me. Quote, for those who have expressed concern over the, quote, 27 second phone call, I called to discuss feelings with the other person. Those feelings were obviously not well received. I did not end the conversation. Someone else did. Phone calls can only last as long as the person on the other end of the line is willing to talk. Mm. Let's just interrupt right there real quick and say, yeah, Joe, and you're one of those people. So you're trying to point fingers without pointing fingers and say Taylor hung up on you. You could also hang up and this statement still be true. So you're not doing a good job of working around. (laughs) Someone else hung up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A third party hung up. Okay, back to the quote. A phone call can be pretty short when someone else ends the call. 
Yep. The only difference in this conversation was that I shared something the other person did not want to hear. There were later attempts at communication that had no response. Anytime you're in a relationship for any length of time, there are going to be issues. Sometimes they resolve. Other times they lead to a change of heart. Mm. This was the case recently. Maybe there were reasons for a breakup. Maybe the heart moved on. Perhaps feelings changed. I am truly saddened that anything would potentially cause the fans to think less of me. End of quote. End of quote. I just want to say real quick that his sort of Richard Nixon style mistakes were made. Mm -hmm. Feelings may have changed. (laughs) Not I hurt someone's feelings. Weasley bastard. Weasley greasy haired bastard. (laughs) But also the... I will say this was not the best statement. No. And it definitely feels like he formulated himself, not like their PR team. Yeah. Um, and he was a teen at the time, I guess, right? He was 19. 19, yep. So a teen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was 18, he was 19. There you go. Uh, yeah, I probably should have said that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this quote, it's very much like... <laughs> Some things resolve, the other then lead to a change of heart. The that was the case recently. Maybe there were reasons for a breakup. Maybe the heart moved on. Like it's almost like he's saying it could have been her heart. It could have been my heart. But like it was your heart, dude. <laughs> yep. Just if you're gonna put out a statement, say something. But also the like I'm truly saddened that anything would potentially cause the fans to think less of me. He's only focused on his career. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. He's like, wow, she really dragged my name through the mud there, trying to make my fans mad at me. Which, when this happened, I was a fan of both of them, and I don't remember being mad at him at all, but <laughs> I don't know, I was a different person. Yeah, they were teens and they dated for three months. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Okay, but we know that now. Hindsight and all. Sure. The last part of Joe's statement is pretty interesting, since within the same month that he broke up with Taylor, Joe began dating Camilla Bell, an actress who starred in the Jonas Brothers Love Bug music video. Mm. Joe was 19 and Camilla was 22. Now, we've talked about age gaps before and inappropriate ones and more appropriate ones. This is definitely more appropriate, but I would like to point out (laughs) that it is a known fact that men mature less quickly. Or also known as slower. <laughs> that is what people say, yes. That is what people Than women. So, um, what 22-year-old woman in her right mind is dating a 19-year-old? Well, you hate to use a word like pedophile, so we won't. I don't think she... I mean, she's over 21 dating a teenager, so yeah, it's borderline, but... Uh, I didn't... I, you know... I didn't call her a pedophile. I said the word pedophile, and if, you know, someone may have thought it applied to her, you know, who's to say? It takes two people to have a conversation. One who speaks, one who listens. What one says and what one hears may not be the same thing, you know? Okay. All I'm saying is they both had to be in a weird place in their life for her to emotionally want to date a child. <laughs> and for him as a child, well, no. I mean, I get why he was interested in her, but... <laughs> yeah. It's important legally to say, we do not believe, based on the information we currently possess, that Camilla Bell 
does now or ever has diddled kids. We just want to make that real clear. Legally. Yeah. Yeah, that's safe to say. Um, I don't think she was in the wrong in any way, shape, or form here. I just am curious as to why she found him attractive at the time. Taylor also seemed to believe that Camilla was the reason for their breakup. As she told US Magazine, quote, They've been together since we broke up. That's why we broke up. Because he met her. <laughs> this gave Taylor the inspiration for her song on Speak Now, Better Than Revenge. Yep, and Camilla Bell is still ass heard about it to this day. Well, it's because people keep attacking her about it over it. But anyway, we'll talk about Better Than Revenge one day. So sure will. We'll go more into it then. Unfortunately for Taylor and Joe, on New Year's Eve of 2008, Taylor and the Jonas Brothers were already slated to appear on the New Year's Rockin' Eve show. Oh boy. They were spotted, like they were on TV, standing on opposite ends of this like lineup of people. Um, it was very obvious they were avoiding each other. Right. Um, as they watched the ball drop on the show, Taylor performed Love Story, followed by Forever and Always. Mm. Whereas the Jonas Brothers performed Burning Up and followed by Tonight, which is also a breakup song. Probably about her, based on the timing. <laughs> so How delightfully petty of everyone involved. Oh yeah. It gets even pettier, but I, that part I'm saving for better than revenge because they go hand in hand. Indeed. So, in 2009, Taylor hosted SNL for the first time and gave her opening monologue in the form of a song. In the song, Taylor touches on many topics of drama in her life, but she specifically calls out Joe, saying, You might think I bring up Joe, the guy who broke up with me on the phone, but <laughs> I'm not going to mention him. In my monologue, hey Joe, I'm doing real well, and tonight I'm most or er, tonight I'm hosting SNL, but I'm not gonna write about that. In my monologue, la la la, ha ha ha. She literally laughs. Anyway, um, she does that. That's a thing she does in songs sometimes. Yeah, she introduces the song on the show as this is the song I wrote. It's called monologue song in parentheses la la la. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, side note, if you were a Swifty during this time, like myself, and you still, you still don't, you don't still know, is what I'm trying to say, every word to the song, stop lying, yes you do, I wrote this quote from Memory Voice. <laughs> there it is. If you don't know it, it's because you were a fake fan. Yep. No, I said if you were a fan during the time. Fake fan. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like Thug Story. That yep. song starts playing. I know every word to it. I can't pull it out of my butt, but if I hear the music, I got every word to it. <laughs> anyway, in 2011, so a couple years later, Joe Jonas attended Taylor Swift's Speak Now tour concert in San Jose, sparking rumors that maybe they were back on decent terms. Taylor was known for writing lyrics on her arm for her Speak Now tour performances. And for this particular night, she chose the line, After all that we've been through, I know we're cool, from Gwen Stefani's song, Cool. Joe attended more shows after this one, including her San Diego show on this week now tour. Taylor goes on to release Red, and Holy Ground seems to be about Joe attending the concert and them being on better terms. As the hidden liner note said, When you came to the show in SD. There you go. San Diego. 
2013 on Sirius XM's Dirty Pop show, Joe said, I'm happy for Taylor. She's an incredible musician and you can see her songwriting steals are really good. But yeah, girl likes to date. Uncalled for, sir. Out of nowhere. You don't need this week on her dating life, okay? Alright, you piece of shit. I love you, but don't do that. <laughs> it is perhaps important to note here that part of the Joe Bros brand as young lads was we have purity rings and we'll never ever have sex before marriage because we love the Lord. So yeah, they come from some regressive bullshit and that may have partially inspired that quote and attitude toward women. Yeah. Also, also though, right? Let's go back for a moment to Camilla Bell. And Joe Jonas about... is a flaming misogynist. You heard it here first. <laughs> Maybe he used to be. People can change. It... <laughs> I'm worried that the baby thinks that Joe Jonas can't change. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should leave on Netflix. Watch it. It's good. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, let's go back to Camilla Bell and Joe Jonas' relationship for just a moment while we're talking about this. At this point, the Jonas brothers are still wearing purity rings, and that's their thing. Right. And so they're not having sex. Allegedly. Well, (laughs) the... Joe's not, because we now know, (laughs) based off of interviews and things, that he lost his virginity to Ashley Green, who is two girlfriends from now. Mm. So, from when we're talking about this. So, what is the appeal of a 19-year-old dating a 22-year-old if you're not sleeping with her? Just to say, you you know, look at my hot older lady I have. I don't know. What 22-year-old just wants to make out with a teenager? If they're not, I don't know. I don't know Camilla Bell's views. Maybe she also had similar purity views as Joe at the time. Unsure. Yeah. I just know at 22, I would not have been interested. We do not have reason to believe she diddled kids. Just want to reiterate. Oh my God. Anyway. Kimberly keeps implying it and I won't stand for it. Anyway. What were we talking about? Okay. Uncalled for. He was being rude. Don't. Don't slut shame. Don't slut shame. Don't slut shame. Don't speculate on people's men date around all the time. And nobody says anything about it. But as soon as a woman does it, oh my God, she's a slut. What's the male version of slut? We really need to come up with a word like that at this point. Yeah, I feel like they've tried a few over the years and none have really taken. Yeah. I feel like guys like all the words, but women end up calling them like. Douchebag. Fuck boy. Yeah. They're like, whatever. Yeah, they don't care. Although, I think I insinuated one time that you were a fuck boy as a joke, and you got very, very offended. Well, it's because you don't let me fuck as much as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Just incorrect at this point. In 2015, we finally got some rec- reconciliation, for sure, between the two. This is around the time that Joe was dating Taylor's friend, Gigi Hadid. Heard of her. And we got that picture that we talked about in the Carly Kloss episode of Joe, Gigi, Taylor, Calvin Harris, and Carly Kloss on a boat in London together. Taylor and Joe also spent time together at the 2015 Billboard Award. And Joe told Access Hollywood, I think we're friends. In this industry, you meet a lot of people and you stay in touch. Obviously, it's tough to be friends with people when you're always traveling but yeah we're cool so are you friends or are you not friends but it sounds like they're friends <laughs> he thinks they're friends 
In 2019, Taylor returned to The Ellen Show. And when asked about what the most rebellious thing she had done was, she said, quote, probably when I, like, put Joe Jonas on blast on your show, that was too much. Yeah, that was too much. I was 18, and we laugh about it now. That was mouthy teenage stuff there. Yep. Around the same time, Joe appeared on an ITV show called Lorraine and said, quote, Yeah, it didn't feel nice. It's something that I was probably feeling bad about when I was younger. But at the end of the day, I've moved on. And I'm sure Taylor's moved on. And it feels nice. And we're all friends. It's all good. We were so young. Yep. So they're friends now. When we get to Better Than Revenge, we'll talk about Joe and Camille again. And his response to the song with a harsh song of his own. Right. All right. Well, that was it for Clown Corner. Thank you, Kimberly. And now, let's get into the song of the week, which again, is Mr. Perfectly Fine. It was originally released on Fearless Taylor's version back in 2021 as a vault track. It was written by Taylor Swift, and it was produced by Taylor and Jack Antonoff. When Fearless TV came out, Mr. Perfectly Fine debuted at number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, where it promptly fell like a stone from there, but it was <laughs> at number 30. <laughs> yep. What has Taylor said about this song? Not a thing. That's right. It's one of those she hasn't talked about yet, but it's coming, I'm sure. I don't feel like she talked about a lot of the vault songs from mm. the first two re-records. No, it doesn't seem like it. The critics were very positive on it. Vulture called it, quote, a 2008 time capsule with a classic T-Swift bridge and a final soaring chorus. American songwriter called it a new classic that evokes age-old Felix. Rolling Stone described it as a classic swift mix of country and pop with an added rock edge. Billboard called it a classic fearless era Taylor tale of romantic woe. The Guardian called it a stone-cold classic Swift song. NME called it stuffed with swooning melodies and typically Swiftian lyrics. And Pitchfork called it a delightful strumming takedown. What about the fans? Do the fans also enjoy it? Our boy Rob Sheffield ranked it 86 out of all Taylor Swift songs. 140-ish. Mr. Perfectly Fine was the song that truly proved her Taylor's version project was for real. The outtakes from her vault weren't leftovers or juvenilia. Never said that word in my life. You got it, though. But bona fide Swift songs. R slash Taylor Swift ranked it 6 out of 26 songs on Fearless, Taylor's version, Survivor. Pretty high. Pretty high. That is pretty high. Maybe too high. We'll see. We'll see. But for now, let's talk about the lyrics a bit. It is, of course, about an ex, Joe Jonas, we assume, that looked like Mr. Perfect, but turned out not to be. He said and did all the right things, and then he just dipped, broke her heart, doesn't even seem bothered by that. He is, instead of Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfectly Fine. Pre-chorus one, Taylor says, but that was when I got to know Mr. Change of Heart. Mr. Leaves me all alone. I fall apart. Takes everything in me just to get up each day. 
but it's wonderful to see that you're okay. Damn, it really do be like that sometimes. <laughs> My worst breakup with was with Little Miss Muffinton. I love that that's her name. Yeah. I think I'm like outside of the podcast. I'm just going to keep referring. If I ever mention her, that's what I'm going to call her. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call her by her government name on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm going to transition the podcast to real life. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, we lived together at the time of our breakup after five years. And she did not move out immediately. There was a, about a month there yeah. where she was actively moving out. And it was rough, man. Had to see her actively being fine right in front of me while I was an emotional wreck. Because that's the thing about breakups. The person who, who does the breaking up has had time to process it before they do it. So when they do it, they're fine. Yeah. And you are devastated. So they, they came into the situation knowing what was going to happen. Yep, they've already felt their sad feelings if they already if they had them to feel. If they had them, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. On to the chorus. Hello, Mister Perfectly Fine. How's your heart after breaking mine, Mister Always at the right place at the right time, baby? Hello, <laughs> baby. Baby. Hello, Mister <laughs> Casually Cruel. Mister Everything revolves around you. I've been Miss Misery since your goodbye, and you're Mr. Perfectly Fine. Taylor had casually cruel in the bag for a while mm-hmm. before she finally busted it out for all too well. Certainly, you know, nice alliteration and an evocative yeah. uh, sort of phrase. So Yeah, it's a good phrase, but I think the punch is way harder in all too well. Like oh, it was yeah. meant for all too well. Yep, I think it was good to save yeah. it for that. Miss Misery interestingly, is a song by Mr. Elliot Smith, which was featured in the Robin Williams and Matt Damon movie, Goodwill Hunting. Coincidence? Or is she making an intentional reference? Could well be because Elliot Smith is prime sad, 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 I'm sad, I have feelings music. Mm-hmm. Just a very sad man and his very sad acoustic guitar playing very sad songs. Yeah, and he died at a very young age. Because he was very sad. Didn't live very well. So, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty safe to bet that she was listening to just sad music in this time. Yep. And who better than Mr. Smith? By how much this breakup seems to have affected her. Yep. Pre-course two. Because I hear he's got his arm around a brand new girl. I've been picking up my heart and he's been picking up her. And I never got past what you put me through, but it's wonderful to see that it never fazed you. It's never fun when your ex rebounds quicker than you do. Never. Especially when they're the one who initiated the breakup. If you are on your way up, it'll knock you right back down. Because it reminds you again how thoroughly they've moved on before either even bothering to let you know that it was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to take. <laughs> it's hard to take. Yeah, and a sort of double meaning on the word pick up. Picking up the pieces mm-hmm. of her broken heart. Picking up to go on a date mm-hmm. in his car. Yeah. Pick it up as in to hit on. Yep. And, of course, the brand new girl, we presume, Miss Camilla Bell. Yes. Who does not diddle children. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Onto the bridge. And it's really such a shame. It's such a shame. Because I was Miss Here to Stay. 
Now I'm just gonna be alright someday, and someday maybe you'll miss me, but by then you'll be Mr. Too Late. Damn. The pep of this song, the upbeat nature, uh, really belies the pain involved. You know, your girl was down bad. Even in her revenge fantasy, she only imagines that it happening someday maybe, you know? Can't <laughs> can't even be like, yeah, one day, motherfucker. One day it's gonna <laughs> happen. Maybe, maybe one day. I, okay. Could happen. Well, you tell your thoughts and then I'll come back to what I was gonna say. Or do you want me to go first? You can go first if you got something. Okay, so there are bits of this song that I feel like if I was uh, Charlie from Sunny Sunny. Right. With my crazy psycho killer board and my red string. Yep. You could attack you could tie this song to White Horse. White Horse was not mentioned in my little clown corner because it's not proven to be about him, but I really feel like it's about him. So I think this song you can tie a little red string to White Horse. This song you can tie a little red string to um Better the Revenge. You can tie a little red string to You All Over Me. You All Over Me. You can tie red string to Last Kiss. All of which you can tie little red strings to Forever and Always. Like, all of these songs are about the same person. And it is Joe Jonas. Like, she can play Koi as much as she wants to. But it is. All of those songs are about Joe. Yeah. I think they very well could be. I also like the fact that you mentioned that scene, Charlie from yeah. Sunny with the with the cardboard, because the other day, friend of the pod, Christy, was talking about your clown corner about the hundred and whatever days. Hundred twelve. Yeah, hundred twelve day theory. Excuse me, did you even listen? Yeah, I did. Okay. Hundred twelve uh, day. Hundred twelve day theory. <laughs> and uh, she said it reminded her of that. Uh, of that scene, and I said, "Yeah, she really had boxes full of Pepe." That <laughs> that's just how I feel doing clown corner half the time, my guys. I, it's it's really wild. Yep. That's why I like doing these little swiftery lessons. But also, 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 what was I gonna say? Oh, my actual thoughts about this song. Right. Go calm down. You dated for three months. You were you're, like I understand. She definitely felt these feelings. Right. These feelings are valid. I'm not trying to invalidate her feelings. But it was a three-month-long relationship. And she has lines like, but I was Miss Here to Stay. You were not going to last. Yeah. That relationship was not going to last. Nope. It wasn't. Never going to last. In fairness to young Taylor writing this song, when you're that age, man, you think, you think that way. Even though... Now, looking back, I'm sure she's like, ah, I was a dumbass because I was a <laughs> child and I was very sheltered and homeschooled and, you know. Yeah. Maybe her first, you know, official relationship or second, you know, couldn't have been many into it anyway. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm sure it felt very real and very important to her at the time. Yeah. Yes. On to my thoughts on the song yeah. overall. I uh, just want to say... As an emo fanboy, I love a, I love a song with big catchy hooks that contrast with lyrics of abject misery. You know, it feels like home. You know, honey, I'm home. We made it. When Fearless Taylor's version first came out, I was a big fan of this song. Big fan. 
may have overplayed it <laughs> a bit. Still good though. And sonically, to me, it makes sense that it wasn't on Fearless. I think it would have felt really weird on it. In fact, I don't even know where I would put it on one of our albums. It mm. feels sort of between Fearless and Speak Now to me, like a half measure. Maybe that's a fun game that somebody suggested we should play sometime. Well, maybe <laughs> we will one day. Mini so coming up. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I thought of one more thing that I meant to say. You talked about how uh, catchy, catchy hooks contracts contrasted with lyrics of abject misery. And also, you talked about earlier the, the peppiness of the song, right. even though she was so sad. This song is not the one that she played, obviously, at the New Year's Eve show. Right. But the song tonight that the Jonas Brothers played is a breakup song, but it goes hard. It is so peppy and high beat and just like, woo, like it makes you want to like jump up and down and dance and like shake your head around and, you know, swing your hair back and forth and all the fun things mm. until you really listen to the lyrics and then you're like, what the hell is this song about? <laughs> Indeed. So they're very similar in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very sort of feeling I'm used to as a Fall Out Boy stand. Yeah. You listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, that's rather dark and upsetting, actually. Yeah. Yep. Let's go ahead to our ratings, shall we? For those of you who may be new to the pod, we rate every single song on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is very bad, 10 is very good, 5 is very mid. Kimberly, what do you rate Mr. Perfectly Fine? I give it a seven. All right. <laughs> it is... I think my favorite vault song on Fearless Taylor's version. On Fearless. Vault. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not favorite vault song of all time. Okay. That's what you said. I'm sorry. Let me clarify. (laughs) Let me rephrase. It is my favorite vault song on Fearless. I think I probably agree with that. I think I do. Mostly because there are a lot of duds on the Fearless vault. Yeah, I like Miss Perfectly Fine, and I like We Were Happy. We'll get to that at some point. Yeah. There's, like, one more that I like that's okay. But I think this one's definitely my top vault Fearless track. It falls kind of in the middle on Fearless overall for me. Gotcha. All right. But, like, the upper middle. So that's why it's the same. There you go. I will also give it a 7 because I think it's a good song. And I'm glad that we got it. And I'm also glad that it happened to work out that we can talk about Joe Jonas this week. Not back the Queen in the North always. You know, watch yourself, Joe. The North remembers. <laughs> I also feel like this song, in the way that people talked about Timeless when Speak Now, Taylor's version came out, when everybody was like, it would have been a radio hit if it had come out in 2010. I think had this song come out, I agree that it, I don't know that it necessarily feels like the vibe of Fearless, but had it come out in 2008, this song would have been everywhere. Oh, I think so, yeah. Could it come out as a standalone single or whatever? Yeah, on an EP it, it or would have been something. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Timeless would as well during its time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But Taylor's doing all right, even though she didn't have those singles. <laughs> no, but just hindsight... This song would have done great. 
based off of everything else that was on the radio at the time. Indeed. If you would like to tell us what you rate this song, you can do so in our poll, which is going to be up on our social media, Instagram, threads, and Twitter. Yes, sir. As well as right below this episode. Spotify. In Spotify. So, Spotify. tell us what you think, and we will average it and let you know. Mm. What's our song going to be next week that we're going to talk about? Eyes open from the Hunger Games soundtrack. And, spoiler alert, certified banger. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So, All right. follow us on social meets. Yes. Thank exactly. you so much for listening. Kimberly, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Happy 20 weeks to us and baby JJ. Woohoo! We I, made it to 20. We're halfway there. Anatomy scan Tuesday. Yay! Yeah, tomorrow after, if this you're listening out. to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we're recording, tomorrow is day or week 20, beginning of week 20. Yep. Exciting stuff. We're going to have a baby. <laughs> yep. Boy. JJ okay. the podcast, baby. Yes. Coming in February. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I think that's it. All right. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on Instagram, Threads, and X at CBLU underscore podcast. Email us directly at cowboysliketuspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all come back now, you hear?